Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy Whether one line is plot holes or gratuitous movies It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy They are America's first line of defense Best of friends Ready, Captain? Snap of the earth, here we go competitors. Very nicely done. Almost as good as me. Ready to protect our nation against any threat. Carrying the nukes. You love having the power of God at your fingertips. Not tonight, buddy. But what if the enemy is one of them? What the hell are you doing? We got pilots down. A broken arrow. A broken what? It's what we call it when we lose a nuclear weapon. I don't know what's scarier, losing nuclear weapons, but that it happens so often there's actually a term for it. The only thing more dangerous than what he knows. They believe they've got an exposed core. They gotta send in a nuclear emergency search team. By the time they find us, what we got? Is what he's prepared to do. $250 million by 0900 Utah time. If you have not... He didn't count on. I know his mind works. You gotta let me go after him. Outstanding, hell, That's the spirit. Would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? And what are we doing? Piano the wrong code three times. The nuke goes dead. Unless, of course, I already thought of that ahead of time. You just activated a nuclear warhead, my friend. I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from Movies. And tonight. Oh, tonight. It's 1996's Broken Arrow. Oh. The John oh. Woo film. Oh. oh, I'm so in. I'm in, Steve. <laughs> By the way, you had to be told it was a John Woo film on this podcast <laughs> because you couldn't see the trailer and all the explosions and fireworks and flaming doves and <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, they heard a good like thirty seconds of solid explosions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was uh, Broken Arrow. That was this movie. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to all our sponsor. <laughs> Before we get started, sweetie, would you care for a beer? Yes. Well, Let's get a beverage going. Why don't we uh, start off with a selection from Samuel Adams, an Irish red ale. Yeah. 5.8%. And, uh, of course, we're doing this because Red Foreman himself stars in this movie. <laughs> stars. Well, yeah, he's a side <laughs> character, but... Go. But, yeah, he's definitely in there. Go Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, Here. that's it. Kurtwood Smith. Here's the pup. Woo! And the poor. And the scaring of the podcast. 
They know we drink. <laughs> Ooh, that is a red ale. This is a beautiful red ale. Definitely red in color. Got kind of a uh, creamy white, off-white colored head. Mmm. Smells mal a little malty, a little hoppy as a red ale should. Steve's taking a drink. Yeah. It's, pretty, confused. it's pretty malt forward. Not super hoppy, but uh, yeah, a good, decent yeah, yeah. malt forward, just easy drinking red ale. Yeah, I could drink this all day. Yeah, 5.8%. I'm sure it'll catch up with you pretty good. <laughs> Woo! Oh, here are 25 IBUs on that one. I could drink this for a solid afternoon. <laughs> I drink this for at least an hour before I pass out. No. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> but you yes. also know me well because of this amazing movie. Guess what uh, IMDb has this uh, rated at on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, 7? 6.0. Ooh. That seems kind of low. I, that seems really low. <laughs> I, but I feel like people who review action movies don't know what they're in for for some reason. <laughs> Even when the guy says, a John Woo film. Yeah, see, that should give it like two extra stars right there. Yeah, yeah all right. I mean, paycheck, that's how it got up to three stars, right? <laughs> gotta be, right? <laughs> Those two extra for being a John Woo film? Yeah. Anyway, Broken Arrow. Uh, as you may have heard from the trailer, stars John Travolta as Vic Deacons and Christian Slater as Riley Hale. Uh, also, Samantha Mathis is in this movie as the the one lady. Um, <laughs> She's a park ranger. Park ranger. Yeah. Uh, I got Delroy Lindo, Bob Guten, Frank Whaley, and of course the great Howie Long. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I as think Kelly. I. <laughs> I think I'm just in any movie. I'm, I'm in in with any movie that has Delroy Lindau in it. Yeah, Delroy Lindau. Yeah, he's uh, been on a few of our episodes. Yeah, and I always <laughs> like whatever character he plays. I'm always just like, yep, that's the guy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, kind of heard the trailer, but you want to kind of go over the plot of the movie? And, uh... Yeah. So uh, Travolta and Slater are uh, frenemies. They're kind of rivals and friends. Travolta's kind of taken Slater under his wing, teach him how to be a flighter, fighter pilot. They uh, they fly secret secret jets, uh, I was going to say covered in, but not really, carrying nuclear missiles, and the, uh, they go out for a test run one night, but uh, Travolta has other plans, and he's actually going to hold the weapons uh, for ransom, and so he tries to knock Slater out, Slater ejects, uh, Travolta dumps the weapons, um, Ejects himself, crashes the plane, and uh, from there, uh, shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Slater gets held up by a park ranger. Yeah. Um, who kind of looks like Mila Jovovich a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she kind of does. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Samantha Mathis, who uh, many will know as playing Princess Toadstool in uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. But <laughs> so a fine thespian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A, a long-ranging career from 92 to 96. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure she's still in things. I just nothing big we've seen. You know? I I gotta say I absolutely just love Travolta as a bad guy. It's, that is his calling. It's surprisingly good. He's, I mean, the thing is, he's so charismatic as a villain. You kind of want to root for him. Yeah, we've done Swordfish here on this podcast yeah. before, and it's almost the exact same role, just five years later from this one, but. Uh, he does so much uh, talking through his teeth in this movie. He really does. <laughs> Would you find not shooting at the nuclear missiles? <laughs> Even when he's like explaining his plan half the time, he like does it through clenched teeth while he's like scratching his chin. 
His oh. bulbous chin. <laughs> yes. Oh, but he's so good in this. Howie Long makes a great sitting down. Uh, yeah. um, uh, what do you call it? A muscle man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he looks great sitting in that driver's seat. <laughs> he absolutely does. Uh, I, I I love movies where like athletes are like crossing over, and this is yeah. actually one of the few ones where it's not like distractingly bad. He's actually you know he's just got a few lines. He. Yeah. Walks around showing off the guns, literally on arms and in hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, Howie Long was great because it's one of those things that, like, I mean, Travolta is so iconic, Slater is so recognizable that Howie, Howie, no, like you see Howie Long, and you just kind of go like, yeah, no, there's just another famous guy. Like you don't go like, there's that football guy. You go like, yeah, yeah, no, I recognize that guy. I recognize that guy. I recognize that guy. Yeah, well, like even the uh, Max, the little side character guy that lasted half a scene or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I've seen him in like Homeland and things. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the one government guy who totally looks like uh who was I saying he looked like? But, oh, Matthew Roderick. He yeah, like yeah, Matthew Frank Whaley kinda looks like Matthew <laughs> Broderick and he, 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 yes, he, he actually looks like the guy from uh Three O'Clock High with a different hair. He's like a mix yep. of uh Case was Casey Semesky and John Cusack and just that yep. whole yeah, yeah, the kind Brett of pack era kind of look to yeah. him. Yeah, he's got the boyish face. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so yeah, he steals, so, he, he gets the nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, how we get, how he is able to get around that—that's you know its own little thing where it's like he has an inside guy with the recovery team. And, he's got inside guys all over the place. Yeah, and basically he's mad at the government because he should have made Colonel a long time ago, yeah. and he hasn't. Uh, there is a, an amazing line where he uh, he talks about how he's going to invest all the money he makes after holding these for ransom in Volvo and live out his days knowing that he's helping make the world's safest cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, of course, Christian Slater's response is, you're insane. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but he's like the best kind of insane. Yeah. I, I have to say the other thing, too, in this movie, Travolta is just like, Part of, part of what makes him so sinister in this is he is so thorough. Yeah. But you buy that his character is that thorough, because he's that thorough from the beginning. The whole thing opens up with a boxing match, and he's beating the shit out of Slater. Like, But he's, like, telling him step by step how he's doing it. Yeah, he's like, that, you should take yeah. this punch now. Okay, you didn't take the punch. I just punched you in the face. He thought I was going to do this. I thought I was going to do this. And then I did this other thing. It, it, like I said, he did the exact same thing five years later in Swordfish, where yeah. it was like... Woo! Do not pay attention to this hand. Pay attention to this hand. Yeah, and, he's yeah. <laughs> really, really good at that. Indeed, indeed. Ah, uh, I remember when Travolta was entertaining in movies. Now he looks like Schwarzenegger in OJ. <laughs> he was good <laughs> in that too, He was, he was, he was. But yeah, like no. I think I think since Battlefield Earth, it was basically like straight downhill <laughs> for him. So I I kind of get the thing. So like for me, my favorite John Travolta roles are where he plays a very charismatic like sidekick or like villain. I love him as a villain. Yeah, yeah. I think he has a little bit of the Bruce Campbell syndrome in that. He, like no, you say that because of his chin. There, no. There's that too. No, no, but it's the uh, they've got the leading man face, but in like but they actually have like a character actor like personality. Yeah, he's much better as a character than he is as. Like action as, as the hero. lead, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, in my I, I'm like, I'm like trying to think of movies where like he was the lead and like basically pushing the entire movie, and it's like phenomenon. Mm. Michael <laughs> coming uh, up on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just movies like that. And it's like uh, or, or the or the bad 
Wasn't it like one of the Bad Lieutenant movies or oh, Colonel's Daughter I'm or something, sure, something like, like that? that yeah. yeah. yeah see, see, not even memorable to remember yeah. the title of it, but yeah, well, just. But Face Off. Oh yeah, Face Off. John Travolta this doing movie. an impression of Nicolas Cage doing an impression of John Travolta is one of the greatest performances I've still ever seen in my life. Ladies and gentlemen, wait for our full-length commentary <gasps> on Face Off. Oh, it will be coming soon because a- we cannot keep this back. We're what, 60 episodes in on this podcast <laughs> and we haven't talked about Face Off. So Steve, am I exaggerating that when you met me, I already owned a cat named Caster Troy? But, no, not I any. named that cat by myself. And he had another cat named Pickles that I renamed Pickles Cage. It's true! Oh, they're so good! <laughs> <laughs> and they may or may not be listening and watching us right now, but... Uh, <laughs> like, who's talking about us on the podcast again? No. I feel like I'm um, being watched! <laughs> But yeah, Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. So beautiful Utah landscape. Yeah, yeah, it takes place uh, down by Lake Powell, southern Utah, gorgeous area. Colorado River. Yeah. Like uh, we were totally like watching this movie going like, oh, I've been there. I've yeah, been there. Yeah, I got pictures of me next to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a lot of great scenery in it. Um, th- there's a couple. Moments where you obviously have to like kind of step back and just let it be. Oh, you mean like when they set off a nuclear weapon in an underground mine? But don't worry, cause because because it was set off underground, none of the uh, nuclear waste escaped. Exactly. Into well, the river. A little bit. I, I can conceivably see that. But the, don't worry, because if you see butterflies, that means there's no. That's <laughs> that's the part I can't conceive. It's like. <laughs> Like, oh man, I guess we're trapped here. We're going to explode a nuclear weapon. No, no, there's an underground river. We can just take that in three and a half minutes. We can swim out. And and then it magically teleports them to, like, the middle of the Colorado River, I'm assuming 20 miles away in three minutes. Yeah. Uh, That that was the one part where it was like, or you try to go down the river, it gets a little narrow at one point, you're stuck there and you both drown. And yeah, then, you get lost and then in melted rock in and you copper. Die. Or, or you, uh, you bonk your head on a rock because it would be oh, pitch yeah. black swimming through an underground <laughs> exactly. river and you die. Or, I don't know. In I mean, they already, they already established that they're like 2,000 feet down. Yeah. That's a third of a mile. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you're going Is that something down an underground river <laughs> where gravity takes you, then yeah. you're not going up to the surface and... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's my one problem with this movie. The rest is absolutely flawless. Absolutely flawless. Like uh, <laughs> when the nuclear bomb goes off and the EMP wave uh, takes up the helicopter and instead of just turning <laughs> off and <laughs> just shutting down and dropping ground, and <laughs> it uh, flips upside down, every beeper goes off on it and it explodes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. By the way, John Travolta's reaction to that is absolutely spectacular. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Damn, what a rush. <laughs> Yeah. How are you like, what just happened, boss? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Mr. Exposition, because, uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exposition, darling, it has to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't even know if I want to go further into the movie after that. There's, they're, they're chasing down Travolta. There's um, some train There's scene. a train scene. There's a couple... There's a bunch of train scenes. There's a lot of trains. There's uh. a lot of trains. Oh, one of my favorite characters. You thought I was a computer yeah, exactly. bitch! Hi, <laughs> hey, we haven't met. I'm Max. You probably thought I was a computer geek because I was here messing with a nuclear wolf weapon wearing a white lab coat for some reason. I was a Navy SEAL. You should see what I could do with my thumb. <laughs> 
That guy yeah. has like 30 seconds of screen time. If that, yeah. And it's amazing. And, and, and half of it's talking, and the other half is beating a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then being beat by a woman. Exactly. Boom. His, by the way, his death and Travolta's... I'm going to go into Travolta's death. Oh, Travolta's death, death is epic. I mean, spoiler alert. <laughs> good triumphs over evil, but it's quite the oh, epic... Oh, <laughs> It's you. You could just look. You if you're not interested in watching the movie, just look up Travolta's last scene in Broken Arrow. <laughs> I think it's Travolta's greatest death scene of all time. And shortly before his death, one of his uh, greatest lines in cinema. I think you were saying. You ever, oh, yeah. Have you ever been knocked out, sweetie? Oh, have you ever been knocked unconscious? It uh, feels like your brain pushing against your skull, just like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and like find this. that line really quick. Uh, you keep talking. Yeah, but, but yeah, there's all, all of the train cliches, the being dragged under the cart, the fighting on top of the cart, the swinging into the cart. All the cliches are there. People flying out of the cart, off of a bridge, explosions, helicopters, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and there's a nuclear weapon in the middle of all of it. Uh, oh, and plenty of boxing and fist fighting, because, you know, that's how men's fight. Honey, I'm not going to be able to find this video, because apparently there's a town called Broken Arrow, and there's a video yeah, of a woman knocking a child unconscious and then killing it. Oh. Uh, so that's going to be buried, that, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and not search that any deeper. <laughs> so wait, did you... Put in broken arrow death scene or something no, like that. I put that in, came no, I put in broken arrow. Ever been knocked unconscious? Because I thought that would pull it up. <laughs> I thought that would pull up that exact scene. I was oh. trying to. I hate when real life interferes with our Google searches. You know what? That happens to be more often than not. And then if you look at my Google search, I look like a serial killer and really I'm just seeing a movie. <laughs> I, I, I can totally personalize with that as well. And then, and then I feel like I have to like clean it out so I Google like pictures of baby bunnies. And then I'm like, nope, I think that actually makes that sense. Actually, like, my God, how many personalities are in this one? I go, that's like, what Simsum is the strongest in the phone game Simsum? <laughs> <laughs> it's Maleficent. <laughs> we just saved you a Google search, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but yeah, Broken Arrow. Uh, Broken I, Arrow. I, if, if you like 90s action films, or just oh. action films in general, this yeah. was like... This made, is a great one. Made for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. This is everything you want. You're not caught up in there's there's like a little like hint at romance, but they don't cram it down your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Um they uh they, it, it cuts out all the bullshit <laughs> and just gets straight to what you want. John Travolta blowing shit up. <laughs> my my favorite part about the romance, mm -hmm. they don't even tell each other's names until literally the last 10 seconds of the movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and even then, there's like no resolution or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, well, I guess you better take me in. Title card. Roll credits. <laughs> it's just assumed that they're banging. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's like, well, I guess we're going to be picked up in about 10, 15 minutes. Ugh, there's a lot of uh, flaming corpses around us, but... Um, wait, wait, wait. You're Christian Slater in your prime, right? That I am. I'm the Jack Nicholson of this generation, sweetie. <laughs> All right, let's get this going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got a blowjob for you. <laughs> <laughs> this speech is for you. Uh, Roll credits. Anyway. <laughs>
Do uh, we need another beer? Uh, we absolutely do. Uh, next. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in honor of Delroy Lindo. Uh, <laughs> no, no. No? Ooh. Uh, all right. Uh, we have uh, from Kirkland Signature Craft Brew, we have a brown ale. Um, <laughs> because it's a just, good, just because it's a good hearty ale. It's a good um, middle of the road beer, just like John Travolta is a good middle of the road actor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's a good complimentary beer to the rest of your drinking it. Uh, <laughs> it's like Christian. It's like, it's like Christian Slater. It's not super memorable, but you'll order it again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This. This dry ale is characterized by its rich color and nutty brown hues. Mm. <laughs> just uh, like Christian Slater. Uh, eight types of specialty malt used in this beer produce flavors of almond, walnut, and molasses uh, with toasted malt undertones. Its maltiness is well balanced by aromas of citrus and earth produced by hops from the Pacific Northwest and England. Mm. There we go. All right, here comes the top. Boop. All right. Oh, all right. you know what? I just realized in the pool? this movie takes place in Utah. We should have all done Utah strength bears. Ah, uh, we should have done Utah bears. Oh well. Next time, there's okay. plenty of movies made oh, in yeah. Utah. Coming soon. And the core. Yeah. Ooh, this is a nice brown ale. <laughs> That's nice walnut hues and absolutely. <laughs> rich color. Yeah. So it's kind of it's like a it's very rich color. It's actually. Fairly similar to the red here. Um, yeah, got a light khaki-colored head. Khaki. Smells very malty. A little bit dry. Steve yeah. just took a sip, so go for it. Yeah, it's definitely got uh, like a little nutty breadiness to it, yeah. but also a little uh, is that chocolate kind of... Yeah, you get a little toastiness from yeah. like chocolate malt. Yeah, but yeah, toast um, probably more, more accurate. Yeah, it, it's definitely toasty. And then, yeah, a little, a little bit caramely, not as hoppy as the red. Uh, yeah, good middle-of-the-road beer, mm -hmm. just like Christian Slater. <laughs> How dare you talk about national treasure like Christian Slater that way. <laughs> By the way, his greatest role? On Archer, as Slater. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I like Cup, sweetie. I'm going to have to force you to watch that movie one time. You just like it because Neil Jovovich is in it. Uh, for like three minutes. Yeah, and that's why you like that movie. He also breaks the fourth wall. Like you it's like, not even there. You like any movie that has a hot brunette in it? Not all. I mean, I mean, Bucky Larson had a hot brunette <laughs> in it. it. Is Christina Ricci a hot? Is is she hot? She's alright. I mean, obviously she's bangable, but I mean, like, I mean, is she hot? Yeah, she's bangable. You know, I mean, even the five head's kind of a deterrent, but. <laughs> <laughs> So stop, Christina Ricci is going to join us on this podcast one day, and I, I think she's hot. There. All right. <laughs> I, I'm it. asking, like, <laughs> genuine questions. We'll run a poll, and when it's 105%, yes. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, do you have any fun facts for us about this movie? Oh, I got fun facts, y'all. Fun facts, because they're super fun facts, and they're super fun. Fun fact. <laughs> Speaking of brown ale, uh, in an interview on Parkinson, Halle Berry recalled that the producers turned her down for the role of uh, Terry Carmichael, the the park ranger, uh, because they told her there are no black park rangers. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Halle Berry could have been in this movie with John Travolta and Christian Slater. Ah, oh, she would have been the annoying one. <laughs> um, also. Helen Hunt was offered the role of Terry Carmichael, but turned it down in favor of one of your favorite movies, <gasps> Twister. Fuck oh, yeah! That was a wise choice, Miss Hunt. 
Uh, and then uh, also according to IMDb, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Lauren Hawley were also considered for the role of Terry Carmichael. You know, you were, we were just talking about uh, whether Christina Ricci was hot. I was about to say, is Jennifer uh, Aniston. Jennifer Aniston actually hot? Oh, she's hot. I mean, I mean, body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Aniston's hot. Yeah, but yeah, but you have like you, it's like you got like a qualifier stuck in the side well, of your head. Well, it's not like top 10 actresses who worked last 12 years ago hot, but, you know, it's, you know, she's, she's attractive. She's not Uma Thurman. I mean, you also have to take into account the baggage that comes along with such a purchase. Ah. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like buying a Lamborghini. Yeah, everybody wants a Lamborghini, but not everybody wants to pay the insurance on a Lamborghini. It's true. Also, they require a lot of maintenance. Yeah. You know how much like rewiring uh, cars need? I don't know what size all the parts are in Italian. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need a three deciliter uh, compression chamber. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> More fun <laughs> facts. It's your car term here. <laughs> Uh, Samantha Mathis plays Terry Carmichael, the love interest of Christian Slater. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, she also played the love interest of Slater's character in the movie Pump Up the Volume from 1990. And they also voiced characters that were, quote, romantically involved in the movie Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. Oh! Is she the voice of that irritating little fairy? <laughs> no, that was Christian Slater. Oh! <laughs> and then the one with the dark hair The pixie her. Yes, yes. That's the... Uh, <laughs> I loved that movie as a kid. <laughs> Me too. Loved it. <laughs> and not just because Tim Curry was the Nexus. <laughs> oh, no, that's one of the reasons why I, I was like the Nexus. He sounds so thoughtful. And, <laughs> and uh, speaking of choices, uh, Christian Slater turned down a role in Assassins to work with director John Hugh. Remember that movie, um, Assassins? The uh, Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Oh. And, yeah. Christian Slater would have been in there, I'm assuming, as. Antonio? No. No. He probably went with Stallone one, I would think. Maybe Stallone, yeah. Oh, honey, yeah. we can you know that I think, movie I think, on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that movie is better without Christian Slater. I'll, yeah. I'll say it. Yeah, no, no, no. And Christian Slater's perfect for this movie. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, You're going up against Travolta, it's just... Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the phrase broken arrow is not actually used to refer to the theft, loss, or seizure of nuclear weapons. Uh, <gasps> that's known as an empty quiver. Mm-hmm. A broken arrow is defined as a U.S. nuclear weapon accident that does not create the risk of a nuclear war. Oh. However, this movie were called Empty Quiver. I don't feel... <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people have been like, uh, is this like some sort of BBC miniseries or something? Okay. Or is this a super weird porn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the one on American Werewolf in London? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, no, they're not here. <laughs> oh, no, they don't live here. <laughs> Get off of my wife. I'm not your wife. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> okay. A portion of Hans Zimmer's score was also used in Scream 2. Oh. You know what portion it was? Which portion, Steve? Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. That's the introduction oh. of uh, Dewey. Okay. The David Arquette guy. Yeah. I was saying, like, I know that from another movie. Well, you, you said, I think it's like when they introduced Dewey, and I was like, I don't know, it sounds like uh, Twin Peaks music. Yeah, it does kind of like, like that. Too. The music is a little off-tonally for this movie, right? <laughs> Just that little bit. But they keep replaying that yeah. bit. Yeah, it's whenever, like, Travolta's walking in slow motion, which, 
happens a surprising amount in this movie. But yeah. yeah. Oh, he also uh, does a lot of good flicking of cigarettes in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I keep expecting like that flick of the cigarette to like hit a passing dove and start it on fire and <laughs> sparklers and yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's all the uh, the fun facts. Oh, those were some amazing fun facts. Super fun facts. And we're gonna take a little break. When we come back, though, we got questions. Your questions, our answers. Woo! When we return. I'm Cassie Shroy. Hey, everybody! It's Steve. Did you know you can donate to our podcast to help us keep the lights on? Of course you did. Everybody will on the internet will take your money. Uh, however, did you know that there's a way that you can help us keep the lights on and get yourself some great swag? For just a few dollars a month, you can get bonus reviews, full-length commentaries, uh, choose movies for our episodes, shout-outs on the podcast, uh, advertise your business, uh, guest host with us, um, and discounts on all of our merchandise, including t-shirts, episode art, and everything from Izzy's incredible Etsy page. Super fans also receive uh, monthly art directly to your doorstep. That's actually my favorite one. Uh, for details, you can check it out on our Patreon page at patron.podbean.com slash E-I-L-F-M. That's everything I learned from movies. And don't forget, thanks for listening. All right, and we're back with our uh, little uh, fan questions that we love to do. But first. But first. <laughs> we have a beer. So in honor of St. Patrick's Day, um, which... Has passed. I was long passed by long now. Past. <laughs> we have some Guinness Draft brewed yeah. in Dublin. Let's see, twenty-four fluid ounces. Da, 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 da. No description on this bottle. Yeah, it's Guinness. If you haven't heard of Guinness, it's a stout. It's Irish. It's, it's what everybody drinks St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> All right, and the pop. Ooh. Yeah. All righty. Pour. Ooh. <laughs> that looks like a Guinness. That looks like a Guinness. Ooh, look at that head slowly, slowly uh, yeah. filter away. So uh, what's great about some of these uh, Euro uh, European beers is you'll get this great, like, fizzling of the head. Uh, see, so yes, this is a pitch black beer. Uh, very little bit of highlights, a little bit of brown highlights on it. Kind of a medium khaki-colored head that is very fine bubbled. Mmm. Mm. Smells really malty. Yeah, I kind of wonder if this is on... Um nitrogen I mean it's very got a very creamy feel very small bubbles like yeah it doesn't say on the bottle or anything but straight from the bottle yeah but it may just be the low low carbonation on it but yeah it gives it a creamy yeah. mouth feel and that's very delightful this one doesn't have the widget in it yeah it doesn't yeah that's weird hmm but yeah uh right. yeah this one's bad. a little bit old this is not as good as the one we had last night yeah last night we uh, had a couple <coughs> St. Patrick's Day and it was uh, pretty fresh they were um, really fresh and really good this is not bad though it's a little dry but yeah good creamy mouthfeel um, if you're trying if you're you're new to beers you've not had a Guinness and you're trying to expand your palate Guinness is a good place to start but make sure you get a fresh one because when it gets old it gets nasty yeah 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 that is absolutely true uh, so now, our fan questions. Fan questions, uh, yeah. First, our first one comes from uh, Nick and Vince of the Nick and Vince podcast. Hey, Nick and Vince. Uh, they ask us, uh, who should o <coughs> excuse me, who should host the Oscars next year? Ooh. Hmm. They say they had Jimmy Kimmel do it this year, and yeah. I mean, he seemed to do a pretty good job. There was a little bit of a snafu at the end, from what I understand, but it's not the host's fault. <laughs> yeah. You know who should do it? Who's that? Dana Gould. 
Ooh, I would totally watch Dana Gould hosting the Oscars. Nope, nope, I take nope, it back. Take it back. Take it back really quick. Take it back, okay. Eddie Pepitone would be funny as fuck to watch yeah. the Oscars. Because Maybe they could co-host together. Because he would lose it. He would not be able to hold together. He would lose it and go into an erotic rant right in the middle. <laughs> All right, I can see that. I can see that. I love Ooh. Eddie Pepitone, and if he ever wants to be my, on the show. My vote for hosting the Oscars next year, mm-hmm. Warren Beatty. Hey! Hey! Let him redeem himself, guys. No. Ooh, Clint Eastwood. Uh, <laughs> it would be entertaining. Wait, Nicholas Cage making a movie that week? <gasps> <laughs> Nicholas. No, let's bring back uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I assume he's not doing much. I, I don't know. He's just retiring and laughing it up, I'm assuming. Might as, yeah, might as well be. Ooh, or before he's gone, Mel Brooks. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, Mel Brooks had... Mel Brooks would be charismatic as fuck. That'd be interesting, yeah. He'd, yeah. He'd be uh, doing it. Yeah, he'd probably be focusing on it all year with all the musical numbers and comedy bits and stuff. Yeah. The, the Blazing Saddles revival would definitely get uh, some Twitter love. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, and he, you know he'd be just razzing everybody. <laughs> they said the sheriff is near. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, <laughs> uh, our next question comes from Shonuff John. His uh, profile pic is uh, Gene Wilder from Blazing Saddles. Ah, hey, John. <laughs> uh, and you can find him at Day on Twitter. Uh, he asked, well, oddly enough, if you could recast the Incredible Hulk, would you put Nicolas Cage as the Hulk slash Banner. Mm. That would be interesting. That would but, be interesting. But... <sighs> no, yeah. I wouldn't, because I think Nicolas Cage doesn't need to be in that much makeup. I'm going to make him the head of security who's trying to track down Bruce Banner. I can see that. I want to see him in tactical gear. I want to see him getting thrown into a wall by the Hulk. Mm. What if he were the abomination, like the 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 evil Hulk? Ooh. No, uh, see, again, Nicolas yeah. Cage, you can't hide that perfect face you're behind really, all that makeup. You really can't. He, if, if we learned anything from Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking out the door! <laughs> you, can't, you can't contain Nicolas Cage or his method. No, no, no. Like I said, <laughs> I do want him in a reboot of The Hulk, but I want him, like I said, it's like the government guy who's tracking him down, who you think dies, but then at the uh, in the Easter egg at the end of the movie, he like, makes a call on the radio, and he's like, he all right, up. you need to call him back. That's right. He, <laughs> or, or he comes back as the Knight Rider. <gasps> yes. Oh, no. This, this sounds horrible. Let's stop this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now last question uh, comes from Captain Beard 93 at a Beardo and a Weirdo Talk Films podcast. Hey, Shout Beardos! Out. Shout out to all the uh, hashtag Potter and Family, hashtag Movie Pod Squad, by the way. I forgot to start off with that. You guys are amazing. You guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> I love this question. Uh, which of the super fun, bullshit 90s nonsense films is better, Anaconda or Deep Blue Sea? That's even a question? Yeah, I, I mean... Don't get us wrong. Anaconda is a horrible film and but, a lot of fun to watch. But but which movie has the lyrics, no arms and short sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> Deepest bluest, my head is like a shark fin. Uh, yeah, you know what? For, for the answer to that, go back and listen to episode 40, our Deep Blue Sea, probably... Our favorite episode that we've done, a little collaboration Possibly, with Scott. Yeah. Is, uh, with, uh, if Steve were gay, the man he would have married. 
If no. Um, <laughs> okay, please be forced to the same Venti Gay film. We we have an agreement. We have an agreement. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Anaconda's definitely got to come up on this podcast eventually. Oh yeah, um, and then Anaconda Two: Search the, for the, the Blood, blood Orchid. Orchid. Or yeah. Lake Placid versus Anaconda. That's a thing. Or just all of them. Yeah. Just all of the, the whole oh. Anaconda cinematic universe. <laughs> and then our our uh, our full length commentary will be snakes on a plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah. uh, By the way, that is actually this is the method in which we pick our movies for this podcast. <laughs> Usually, like you know what would, is a really stupid movie? Ooh, and you know what movie reminds me of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, sweetie, slow down. I'm writing all these down. <laughs> I'm out of post its. Why is this pen not working? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we got a list for the next, I don't know, three years. But if you guys uh, you guys ever want us to do one, hit us up, let us know. If you want to collaborate, hit us up on the Twitter at EILF, <clears throat> excuse me, EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. Everything I learned from movies. Speaking of which, sweetie. Yes, my love. What did we learn from Broken Arrow? Ooh. I learned something. What did you learn? Apparently, if you're just a test pilot for a B-3 stealth bomber, you're given nuclear access codes for some reason. <laughs> oh, and the ability to swap out their uh, motherboards. Yeah, yeah, that is like, uh, <laughs> a lot of holes with that. But I, I feel like a lot of that's like ADR that was added after the fact when somebody brought up after a test screening, like, that doesn't make any sense. Shh, hush, hush. <laughs> it's a John Woo film, sir. I learned that if you set off a nuclear bomb in an abandoned mine shaft, everything's fine. It's not going to affect anybody, at least if you're in Utah. There's no fallout whatsoever. No nuclear fallout whatsoever. It does not become Silent Hill, even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> or Three Mile Island, or uh, Fukushima, wow. or whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 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 No. <laughs> oh, Three Mile Island. That, now that gets me thinking about X Men, Wolverine, or, or yeah. Origins Wolverine. Ooh, what's the Russian one with the uh, really Chernobyl? Bad... Yeah. When yeah. is that movie going to be on this podcast? Uh, probably come. It it did happen on my fifth birthday. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. So we did to do it for your birthday, honey. Ooh, birthday is coming up. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but until next time, <laughs> I'm Steve. And I'm Missy. And this is everything I, I learned from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Do you want to know what a concussion feels like? It's like your skull pushing against your brain, and it feels like this. <laughs> <laughs>